hope you're doing well this morning. Thank you for being uh, here. My name's Todd. I'm the pastor, and uh, we're glad that you are here worshiping with us uh, this morning. And as you can tell, um, we're pretty packed in here. And our last service was the largest 930 service that we've had. I think over 110 people or something. So um, you all should thank them. Uh, so anyway, um, I don't know if you saw also um, our architectural plans coming in. Um, and, and this is why we need that, <laughs> uh, is because of what God is doing in and through us. And so we're going to be talking about that quite a bit over these next five weeks or so. And we kick off today with uh, our series uh, called Big Faith. And so we're going to be over the next five weeks taking a journey and understanding what it means to have big faith as opposed to small faith, which I'll make that distinction as we, as we move on in our service today. But I believe that we as a church, as people of God, are at a point where we absolutely are going to need big faith to trust in a big God. And so we're going to take a look at what that looks like today. The great British evangelist George Mueller once said, faith does not operate in the realm of the possible. I want you to hear that again. Faith does not operate in the realm of the possible. There is no glory for God in that which is humanly possible. Faith begins where man's power ends. Faith begins where man's power ends. Isn't that true? And so this morning as we kick off this series called Big Faith and as we talk about it, how it's going to affect us personally and how it's going to affect us corporately as a church, I want you to think about that thing this morning. And I'm going to ask you in a moment to close your eyes and we're going to just have a moment of silence and just prayer and reflection. I want you to think about the one thing because this is going to be about us as a church, but this is also going to be about your faith walk, where you are right now. What is the one thing that you can picture in your mind's eye that you need big faith for? What is that thing in your life that's going on right now that may have been going on for years that you may be stuck in uh, that you just can't figure a way, to, way out of? It's something that at some point in time, God must enter it because you can't do anything else about it. What is that thing that you picture in your mind's eye? I'm going to ask you to close your eyes and picture what is in your life right now that's impossible. God, I pray in the strong name of Jesus right now that you would guide our thoughts and our minds. And that thing that comes into our minds right now may be the very thing that can distract us from hearing from you today, and I pray that you would help that not to happen. God, I pray that you would take that situation that we're at the end of our rope, that we may be in despair about. God, it may be a dream that you've given us, and we're excited about it. But that thing that we need great faith in, God, I pray right now as we kick off this series that today you would give us a hunger. Father God, I pray in the strong name of Jesus in my life and in the life of Hilton Head Island Community Church that you would give us a hunger to see you work in that area. 
And God, I pray as we take this journey over these next few weeks that you would stretch our faith, deepen our faith, help us to understand what it means to absolutely trust you and to put our faith in you. God, I pray over these next five weeks for those who don't have a saving faith in you. God, I pray that, that, that something that is said or someone comes into their life that would point them to you and that they would realize their need for a Savior. May we not forget our job as your people. It's, to help under, it's, our, it's our goal to try to understand what you're doing in our lives. But God, I pray that you would help us to be people who are just continuing to be passionate about reaching those who are lost. God, guide our minds, guide our hearts here in these next moments together. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. I would imagine that you could, along with me, think of um, many days where you've needed faith. Um, you've needed faith to get through a particular circumstance, maybe at work or with a business partner or with a husband and wife or with children. You've needed some faith to get through some kid situations. Are you with me, parents? Anyway, and uh, there are many times that we need faith just simple faith to get through a certain circumstance. And, and I can't even count that, those number of days in my life that I've needed a faith to get through a particular circumstance or a particular situation or maybe make a particular decision. But I remember with great distinction those days where we as a family, Cynthia and myself and our family, have needed a great faith from God to help make a decision, to help guide us in the right direction to help us out of a situation that we needed help out of. I remember with great distinction those days where we needed a big faith. And I'm sure that maybe you can too. I, I remember the day when Jeff Cranston called us. We were living in New York City, and I was actually out for a run that afternoon, and there was an airplane accident. And when you live in New York City in post 9-11... Anytime there's airplane and accident mentioned on the news, you get calls from your friends, which is exactly what happened. I came back to our apartment, and I had like 20 missed calls on the cell phone. One of them was from Jeff, and he in classic form said, well, I'm not really calling about that. I'm sure you guys are fine. But what I wanted to call about was this. And the this was, would you and Cynthia and your family consider praying about moving to Hilton Head Island, South Carolina, and helping start a campus of Low Country Community Church. And I remember that day with great distinction, and we began to pray about that. I remember the day that we answered that call that Cynthia and I, after praying and toying with it and asking for God's wisdom and discernment, and we said yes. And I remember that day needing big faith to picture what this was going to look like one day. I remember the day when Cynthia found in the newspaper that there was actually 4,000 square feet down on the south end of Hilton Head Island. She found it, not me, after I had looked for like 60 days. And I remember the, the day that she said, we got to go down there and check it out. And I was like, no, there's no way that's possible. It's 400. It's a misprint. I promise. And we walked into this room and we went, wow, God could use this room. I remember with great distinction the day that the elders came down, a week later, by the way, they came down and met down here in the front row, and we kind of showed them what this could look like, and they prayed right then and there and made a decision and voted and said yes to God when it seemed like saying no made more sense. And I remember thinking at that moment, man, these are men who have great faith, like a ravenous kind of faith. I, I remember with greater distinction probably than any other point in our lives, though, when the whole idea of us moving from here came up. 
And we all, didn't we, if you were here in April and May, had to have great faith to move forward with the building that we're looking at down at Hargray at mile marker 9. We had to have great faith to realize that goal. We had two major obstacles. If you'll remember back in May, we had an obstacle of $110,000 as a down payment. Not an easy task for a young, small, growing church. We had $110,000 that we had to raise for a down payment. And I remember asking God, I, I, I don't see this happening. I need to have great faith in you, God. I, I, I can't picture it happening. I, I'm at my end. I need for you to come in and help resolve this. And we had that obstacle, and then we had the obstacle of zoning, and we had to have that piece of property be able to be zoned correctly. We can't spend a lot of money trying to take years to, to rezone that and that sort of thing. Well, God answered our, our prayers, didn't he? He came through, and not only did we raise $110,000, not only did he raise $110,000, but he, through you, 70 families raised $125,000 for that down payment. Isn't that awesome? And that's a reason to give thanks. Absolutely, it's a reason to give thanks. And then I remember that in the days shortly after that, and we couldn't talk about it at the time, but we can talk about it now, that someone uh, in, in, on our elder board came to me and said, you know what, it looks like, possibly, that it's zoned exactly the way that we need it to be zoned. And you know what, we found out this summer that's true. And so we don't have to spend a dime. We don't have to wait on the zoning process. We have to have town approval with architectural plans. But God, God showed up, and we had to be a people of great faith during those days, didn't we? This whole process started in December of 2010 when uh, we were on a day. I remember it was December the 8th, I believe, and we were about ready to meet with the current landlord here uh, who's been great for us and great with us and that sort of thing. We were about ready to meet to negotiate another three-year lease. And it was literally a couple of hours before that meeting that the phone rang and we were introduced to a 13,000-square-foot open warehouse. Wait a minute, with parking on Hilton Head Island. That's the amazing part. That may be the biggest miracle part of that. And we as a people had to have great faith and ask for God to make our path straight. And at every turn, he has done that. At every moment where it could have gone bad, God made our path straight. Raising the $110,000, making sure the zoning was taken care of. This summer, we had to go to Hargray in the middle of our negotiations and say, oh, by the way, we're no longer Lowcountry Community Church. Now we're Hilton Head Island Community Church. You know what they said? Oh, that makes it more simple. We understand. No problem. We had to have great faith to see all of these things realized. And God has been answering those prayers. He's been answering those requests. We prayed about it, and he's answered. And he continues to answer yes on all of these things that are leading us to move forward on this piece of property at mile marker 9, just a couple hundred yards off of 278. And I, I'm excited. I'm ecstatic about the future. Well, Hargray and all this time, they've done their work. They've begun cleaning things out and getting things ready. And we're not under contract yet. Uh, we've been working out the contract, and there are a few little sticky points, but we're working fine with them, and we've got a great relationship, and things are going well. And in the next few weeks, we should have a signed contract. But we wanted to make sure we did everything right, that everything was just in order, and we felt like that was good stewardship. So it's kind of been a long period of time here. I haven't talked about it in a while and that sort of thing. But we're preparing ourselves 
We've been talking about architectural plans for months now, and as you see today, we introduced those to you, and you'll see more of that in the future. Uh, they're on, it's online, it's on our blogs and our website and that sort of thing, and you can look at them. We'll have them out here uh, every Sunday. But we've been talking about what's the best way to use the space, what's the best way for us to do this, and I said from the beginning, when we raised that $110,000 to, to, uh, uh, for that down payment to secure that lease purchase, I, I told you there'd be a part two sometime in the fall. Well, here we are, part two. And so we have counted the cost. We've put everything together, and we are going to be doing the necessary and required changes on that building. That's it. We're going to be the, doing the absolute base minimum that we have to just to get in over there and begin meeting. Now, what's that going to require? Well, uh, we're going to have four island kids rooms. Isn't that great? There are three right now, and they're small. These are going to be bigger island kids rooms, so we're very excited about that. Uh, there is one bathroom over there right now. Ladies, did you hear me? There's one bathroom. So we need another set of bathrooms, don't we, ladies? We need another set of bathrooms. And men, we, we are going to have to invest in a new set of bathrooms, and that's going to be something that's required. Uh, we are going to put most of our money and most of our resources into island kids. You know why? Because that's when most people accept Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. It's under the age of 18. And we have a responsibility as a church to make our investment there. Now, we're going to have a nice worship facility. We're going to have 300 seats plus. You know what that means? One service. That means one service. That's going to be great. And all of the Promised Land volunteers are doing a little dance. Anyway, and so uh, we're excited uh, about that possibility. It probably won't last very long, but we're going to be in one service for a while. And so we're, we're excited about that. It's going to be a great facility, but we're going to do the minimum amount that's required. And we've counted the cost. And what it looks like is, is over the next 90 days, uh, we're going to have to raise, are you ready for the big faith part? $300,000 roughly. $300,000 just to do the minimum amount of what we need to do. But you know what I believe when I hear that, and I heard the woe, when I hear that and I hear myself say that out loud, it can be overwhelming, can't it? And that's exactly why I believe that God is going to do this in and through us. I believe that God is going to do it because he's been faithful in the past. He's made everything straight thus far. I believe he's going to do it for the future. He made sure that everything was fine with zoning. Nobody knew about that. Nobody looked into it. We made the assumption that it would have to be changed, and it didn't. But God had a better plan. We made the assumption that maybe we'd have to have an extra part of raising that $110,000. No, he did it in 21 days through 70 families here at Hilton Head Island Community Church. That's remarkable. And so I believe that that $300,000 for God is a drop in the bucket, don't you? I believe it's an absolute drop in the bucket for him. But it's going to take big faith on our part, isn't it? It's going to take big faith to realize what I believe God has started. And you know, it's not just about a building at all. It's about souls. It's about kids. There is 66% of full-time residents on Hilton Head Island who don't have a church home. Many of those don't know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. Y'all, that's our mission. That's our mission. That's our goal is to reach out in our community and to let them know about the love of Jesus. The building is a tool. It's a way to reach people for Christ, and that's what we're going to do. It'll be a ministry center to train up and to raise people for Christ. 
And so as we kind of are on the, 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 the edge of moving forward with our building and you're starting to see the plans, we'll be talking about it over the next five weeks, we as a church are going to have to have big faith in a big God to realize those things and to see those things happen. But you know what? I would imagine in a room like this, it's not just about a facility. I would imagine in a room like this that the thing that you just imagined in your mind's eye, the impossible thing that you just imagined, is something like a financial crisis that's so great that maybe you can't even pay the rent. Or maybe it's a relationship that for years has been solid and it's just gone, uh, uh, just awry all of a sudden. Maybe it's a job situation that was so consistent for so long and all of a sudden now it's not. Maybe it's your best friend or a family member who has cancer. And I'm sure that during these next five weeks, our faith is going to grow. I want to tear down the walls and understand what it means over these next five weeks to have great faith in a great God. And we're going to have a campaign, and we'll talk about giving and how we'll do that and all that kind of stuff. But I want this to be a journey that's spiritual in nature for each one of us. I want us to learn something about God and who he is and how he operates whether it's finances, relationship, health, or raising a large sum of money, I think that sometimes the whole idea of big faith seems impossible for us. I think that we kind of uh, dream up in our minds, that's for someone else. That's for a spiritual giant. That's for somebody in the health-wealth kind of theology camp. You know, that's not for us. But big faith is for anyone who calls himself or herself a Christ follower at any age, in any stage of life. We view it as unattainable. We, we think of it as something that we can't get through. And I think that we aren't hungry for a big faith because we want to solve it ourselves. I want you to hear me on this. We try to solve our issues and our dreams and our problems ourselves, And we let Big faith, the opportunity to have big faith in a big God go right by because we want, we want the problem solved. We don't want to have God encounter with us and go through all of the things that we need to go through to have the problem solved. We just want to have the problem solved, don't we? We don't want to go through all that it's going to take for God to uh, see us through to the other side. And so these next five weeks, we're going to take a look at what it means to have great faith. And today we're starting with what does it mean to have a hunger for big faith? Have you ever seen a, an animal that's just ravenous, you know, just like super hungry? Uh, week before last, um, we have a little dog. He's a, he's a little uh, eight-pound Maltese. Uh, he's an overweight Maltese. But anyway, uh, so Watson, and he's getting old. His name's Watson. Uh, so anyway, uh, Watson, the other day, um, we forgot to feed him for about two days, okay? Now, before you call the authorities, everything was fine. He gets a lot of table food, okay? So anyway, but we noticed at dinner that he was a little, he was begging a little harder than he had done the before, and maybe he was gnawing on his paws a little bit more, and we noticed, oh my goodness, he hadn't had food for a couple days. And, you know, Sydney, the seven-year-old who's supposed to take care of Watson, she wasn't, but then I realized it wasn't her fault. Uh, Dad had not filled the container of food up for her to take care of Watson, so we solved that problem. But this guy was ravenous. He was hungry. You've probably seen that. Maybe if you have a teenage son, that happens in your family too. Uh, but he was beginning to look at us like you shouldn't be dog owners, and we may have been looking back at him in the same way. But he was ravenous. He was hungry. He was starving, ready to eat. I got thinking about that. 
That's the kind of thing that we need to have when it comes to big faith. This ravenous, like, I want to see God help me out. I don't want to figure it out on my own anymore. You know, when we figure things out, you know what that's called? Strategy. When we let God work in our lives, it's called big faith. And that's the kind of church that I want us to become. And so this morning, I want to consider a couple questions that I hope will be an eye-opener, kind of a way to begin this series to help you to start think. And these next two weeks are going to be very introspective. We're going to talk about things that are going to kind of dig in and find out motives and that sort of thing. The first question that I want us to ask is, are you spending time on things that will last forever? Are you spending your time on things that will last forever? This past Wednesday night, we lost who I think is probably one of the most influential people in our generation. We lost Steve Jobs, and most of you have heard about that. The, the creator of Apple, the creator of the iPhone. If you have a smartphone, it was Steve Jobs that helped get that phone in your hand today. Any kind of iPhone, because he started it and then all the other companies came on. This was a brilliant man. Not only was he an amazing visionary, and he was a great leader, but he was also a very shrewd businessman. And in 1978, he started a company called Apple. And a few years later in the 1980s, he, he saw that company being run in a direction that he didn't like. And so he left. And you know what he did when he left? He went to work for Pixar. He went to work for Pixar Studios. I mean, you leave Apple and you go work for Pixar Studios. And he was one of the ones who helped create Toy Story, you know, Buzz Lightyear to infinity and beyond we have because of Steve Jobs. The mark that he left on society is remarkable. And it's interesting, when he went back to Apple by 1997, Apple was on the brink of absolute financial disaster. They were on the brink of bankruptcy, and he was so upset, he cut costs like crazy. And one of the things that he cut absolutely out is any charity work Apple was doing. He cut out all the charity work, and he was vilified for that decision. In his life, throughout his life, relatively speaking, compared to his wealth, he's one of the top 200 wealthiest people in all the world, compared to his great wealth, he didn't give a lot of money to charity. That was something that he didn't do, and he, again, was vilified for that throughout his life. But I read an article about Steve Jobs on Thursday, and it talked about how he gave to humanity in great ways because he spent his time on things that, were last, that would last beyond him. You know, when he developed the iPhone, which is, I think is one of the most amazing pieces of uh, technology that we've ever had in humanity, uh, he, he developed that uh, with doctors in mind. He developed the iPad with researchers in mind, people who were helping uh, fight cancer. He had in mind people who were out doing work and, and mission work and that sort of thing. And he viewed so much his influence as focusing his time on what he was good at that he designed and built things that lasted far beyond his life. Now, we don't know whether or not Steve Jobs was a believer or not. Uh, many people say he was Buddhist. Uh, we don't know about that. But believer or not, philanthropist or not, this was a man who focused his time on things that mattered, things that would last beyond him. And it's interesting, he never lost that perspective all throughout his life. And I got thinking about that in relation to us as a church and as a mission. 
You know, we have a, we have a greater opportunity to impact people than even Steve Jobs did. Do you realize that? Through God's word, he tells us that we're supposed to go and tell others about the good news of Jesus. We have the opportunity not just to influence people with a piece of technology that'll change tomorrow. We have the opportunity to influence people, get this, for eternity. And I think that we as the church sometimes lose that perspective. We forget about the fact that we ought to be, we should be spending our time and having great faith on things that matter for the kingdom of God. That we ought to be spending time and praying about and and focusing on things that don't just have to do with our comfort and our protection and the silly little cold that we have. God's interested in those things, but you know what he's more interested in? He's more interested in his kingdom being furthered and you and I being involved in that. Jesus said this in Matthew 6.33. He said, but seek first his kingdom, and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. What's your motive? What are those things that you focus on? What are those things that you pray about? You know, when we pray about those things that are important to God, but they're minor in the big scheme of things, and they're not kingdom related, God already knows how to solve that. He knows how to get you from point A to point B. He knows how to protect you. He, he, he knows how to get rid of that cold. He is able to do that. He is the one that created the universe, that sent Jesus to die on the cross for our sins. He can accomplish those things. And not that it's unimportant to pray about, but we as believers ought to be praying about big faith, eternal things. Are you with me this morning? We ought to be praying about things that matter for eternity Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Listen to what he says in Matthew 5, 6. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. By the way, we'll talk about that next week a lot, righteousness, for they will be filled. It's not just kingdom work that he wants us to, to pursue. He wants us to pursue kingdom work with clean hands and a pure heart. And we'll talk about that in detail next week. So this morning, I want to ask you honestly, ask you to answer honestly to yourself, am I spending time on things that matter forever, for eternity? What does forever look like? And so an action step today is spend some time this week evaluating priorities and time management. Evaluate your priorities and your time management. I think we all, at different points in time, no matter what our personality is, no matter how busy we are, at some point in time, we need to take a moment out of our lives and evaluate where our priorities are and what our time management is. Secondly, I want us to ask this question. Do I believe in the power of prayer? Do I believe in the power of prayer? Now, let's face it. (laughs) If we were to ask that question and you all were to answer me, there aren't too many of you that would go, um, no, I don't think so. That's just reality. But I want you to ask it this way. Do I believe in the power of prayer? Really? I mean, seriously? Do I seriously believe in the power of prayer? Do I really believe that prayer will make things happen? That God is the one who answers my problems and not me? Do you really believe in the power of prayer? Do you initially go to God when you have a problem. Oh man, that's a tough one. 
I had to ask myself that one this week, and I didn't like the answer at first. I'll be honest with you. That's the kind of stuff you want to hear from your pastor, isn't it? I, seriously, this is a question that we need to be asking. Do I go to God immediately when I'm faced with a difficult situation, a difficult circumstance, or have a decision to make? Do I go to him first, or do I ask everybody else? It's something that we need to ask. And I think wherever we are in our prayer life, maybe a little adjustment's in order. Listen to what James says, James 5, 15 and 16. He says this, And the prayer offered in faith, the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise him up. If he has sinned, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other. We'll talk about that next week. And pray for each other so that you may be healed the power of a, or the, uh, the prayers of a righteous man is powerful and effective. There's that little word again, isn't it? Righteousness. You see, when we clean our hands and when we purify our hearts and then we go to God, that prayer is powerful and effective. You know, it's interesting. We'll talk about the righteousness piece next week. But the point here is today, are you praying? Do you believe in the power of prayer? I mean, really, do you believe in the power of prayer? Um, last Sunday or Saturday, I can't remember which, and I can't remember who was playing, but I was watching football kind of out of the corner of my eye, and you all know I'm a Falcons fan, and the Falcons don't score many touchdowns, so I doubt it was a Falcons game that I was watching, but I was watching a football game, and the quarterback made a perfect pass. He made a perfect pass towards the end zone. And the receiver went up, and he grabbed it with one arm, one of those great one-arm catches, guys, and he brought it in, and he landed. You know how many points that team made out of that? None. Zero. You know why? His feet were what? Out of bounds. They were out of bounds. It was a perfect pass, and it was a perfect catch, but his feet were out of bounds. And the announcer said a great thing. I love this. He said, you know what, in the history of football, NFL, college, high school, there has never been a perfect pass and a perfect catch that resulted in points when it was caught out of bounds, <laughs> ever. And you know, in the history of mankind, in the history of Christianity, there has never been big faith realized absent of prayer, ever, ever. We as a church have the opportunity to talk to God, to communicate with him, to give him our big things. And sometimes, maybe even often, we miss that opportunity. And so here's the action step this week. Make a commitment to spend some uninterrupted time with God this week in prayer. What's the hardest part of that statement? Uninterrupted. Especially if you're a parent or especially if you have a busy job or especially if you have a busy life. Spend some time uninterrupted communicating with God. You know, we have an opportunity for you to do that here at Hilton Head Island Community Church. Every Wednesday night from 7 to 8, this room is open for you to come and pray in. And we have a handful of people that come, and that's great. But I want to invite you to come. I, I mean, if you're not doing anything on Wednesday night, come on down. Spend five minutes down here, 20 minutes, an hour, from 7 to 8, this room is open for you to pray. It's often silent. Sometimes we'll lead people in prayer and that sort of thing. But you can come here and have some uninterrupted time in prayer. And so I want to encourage you to be people who pray. We as a church need to be people who are absolutely committed to the thing that is always involved 
in big faith being realized. And finally, our last gut check this morning is, am I willing to give up something for a period of time in order to focus my heart and my mind more clearly on God and his plan for my life? Am I willing to give up something for a period of time in order to focus my heart and my mind more clearly on God and his plan for my life? Back in April and May, when we were still operating as a low country community church, two locations, Bluffton and Hilton Head, we together uh, entered a period of prayer and fasting. Some of you made a commitment back then uh, to pray and fast during that period of time. Uh, some of you uh, took a technology fast, <laughs> uh, so, which is great. Some of you took a, a, a fast from maybe a hobby or, or something that you have in your life that you like and you stopped. Some of you did a, a food fast, a Daniel fast, uh, or, or some other fasting from food. Um, do you know what happened here at this campus, at this now a church during that period of time? We had 12 people saved during that period of time as a church. We had people volunteer for positions that we hadn't we had a huge need in. We had people that had terrible things in their life that they were struggling with, sins and, and lifestyle and stuff like that, that were freed for the first time in years as a result of that fast. Oh, by the way, we had $110,000, no, $125,000 that you all gave to secure a building at mile marker nine. God is in the business of answering our big faith issues and our big faith challenges. And fasting is a way to, to ask and be focused on what God is going to do in our lives. Paul in 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says that we live by faith and not by sight. And you know it's interesting because in our consumer society, that is so hard for us to understand. I mean, if we can't see it, touch it, hear it, smell it, or taste it, it's very hard for us to get our minds and our hearts around it, isn't it? And so that's why Paul says we live by faith and not sight. And that's why we fast. We do some without something for a period of time. I want you to catch this, to realize that God can fill that void in your life. And so I'm asking over the next 21 days, starting a week from tomorrow, I want to give you a week to pray about this and to pray about what you're going to do. And you'll see things on our blog and website about this. But I'm going to ask you to do what Jesus did and to, to have a period of time to fast and to pray. Luke 4, 1 through 2, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the desert, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and at the end of them he was hungry. Isn't that great? Do you see the humanity of Jesus in that moment? He was tempted by the devil, just like we are, but he wasn't hungry. God filled that need when we fast and when we pray, we see how God can meet our needs and we're more reliant upon him. So I'm going to ask you to commit to 21 days. Maybe it's food. Maybe it's technology. Maybe it's a meal a week. I, I, I don't know what it is for you, but I'm going to ask that we as a church with our personal stuff, our personal big faith issues, and with our corporate big faith issue of raising $300,000 for our new facility, I'm going to ask that we enter a period of fasting and, and praying. There's uh, several different ways that you can do this. I know that Susan Gregory has a fantastic book called The Daniel Fast. It's based on the Old Testament fast that Daniel did where they ate basically things from the ground, vegetables, fruits, seeds, that sort of thing. 
and it's a fantastic fast. You can fast from a particular food or drink, technology, types of hobbies. I'm going to ask that we all make a commitment to do that as we seek God for what is impossible. You know, there's an animal in Africa called the impala. Um, it's not just a car, okay? There's, a, there's an animal in Africa called the impala. <laughs> and it can jump to a height of over 10 feet tall. It can run as fast as just about any other animal. It can cross 30 feet in a, in a moment. But these beautiful, magnificent creatures can be kept in a zoo behind a wall that's three feet tall. You know why? They have to see where their feet land. They have to see where their feet land. They won't jump over it if they can't see it. And we are often like that, aren't we? If we can't see it, if we can't taste it, touch it, smell it, or hear it, we won't do it. And we need to be a people that jump when God says go. We need to be a people that say yes when he calls us. We need to be people who are ready in our faith quotient to answer what God is asking us to do. I hope over these next five weeks, God speaks to you in an amazing way. I hope we as a church uh, take seriously what God is doing in and through us and find out what he has next for us. Will you pray with me? God, I pray that you would expand our faith. God, I pray that you would help us to be able to trust you not just for those things that are little, but God, that we would trust you for those big things. God, help us to have a hunger to see you come through for us. Us figuring it out on our own is just strategy, God, but we need you. We need you to come in and help us understand problems, to solve issues, to have more wisdom and discernment, God, we need you to solve relationship issues. Help us to have financial peace. Help us to understand your call on our lives. God, we need big faith to reach the 25,000 plus who live on Hilton Head Island who don't have a church home. And God, we today stand before you trusting that you're going to provide the money for the building that we need for the build out that we need. God, we stand before you trusting that you're going to solve the problems that we have in our personal lives. God, we stand before you knowing that you're going to help us deal with the sin and that thing in our life that is pulling us away from a relationship with you. God, help us to have big faith. Help us to trust you and to cry out to you and to lean on you first and foremost where there's an issue. God, over these next 21 days, help us to be a people who have your kingdom in mind first, who pray first in any given situation. And God, I pray over these next 21 days, starting a week from tomorrow, that you would help us to have the strength and the ability to have a serious time where we have something that we take out of our lives so we can see how you fill it up. And I pray that in the strong name of Jesus. Amen.